It's Godzilla! It looks like Godzilla, but due to international copyright laws, it's not. Still, we should run like it is Godzilla! Though it isn't. Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Eaton, and with me is... Jessica saying hi! <laughs> okay, uh, we have promised this episode for about a month and a half now. Finally, we got everyone's schedule lined up. So if you listened to episode 10 of Wolfman and Monsters, you heard one of the most amazing stories within our, our, our fan groups. The, uh, the discovery of the Wolfman versus Godzilla movie. The man who found it is with us again today. And he has an even greater project coming out of this whole thing. So we're going to talk to him about that. Find out a little more about the other movies that he's found and the project that he's working on. So, sir, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello again. My name is Mark Hadamio. So, uh, Mark, we mm-hmm. talked at length about your... Let's see your your journey of finding Wolfman versus Godzilla. Yeah, we went into considerable detail. On considerable detail. So <laughs> we got that out of the way, but the journey wasn't done there. No, finding it and bringing it over to G Fest that was merely the beginning of a bigger like that. That was the, that was step one of a three part journey. Yes. Now we're entering step two. Yes. So why don't you give us a little late, a lowdown of what's going on? Uh, well, right now uh, I'm about to embark on a trip to Japan, my very first trip to Japan, lifelong dream. And uh, we are going to Japan to film a documentary film entitled Kaiju Gaiden, which means uh, like monster side story or, you know, loosely translated like, you know, continuing story of monsters or something like that. Basically, Kaiju Gaiden is a documentary focusing on filmmakers who continue the tradition of tokusatsu films. Independent filmmakers. These are people who are not making these films, you know, under Toho or Daie or any other large um, uh, movie studio. Uh, They're doing it themselves. In some cases, you know, they're amateurs. Uh, but, you know, they have such a passion for films like this. They're continuing, you know, continuing the, the, the trend of making these films. So what you're doing, I, I guess the best way to, to compare, at least stateside, if for... for... Uh, just for brevity reasons, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of documentaries coming out soon. There's one on the uh, never released Roger Corman yeah. Fantastic Four yeah, movie, yeah, the, the, the doc- Doomed about yes. the mm-hmm. which is high on my list. The uh, the failed uh, Tim Burton uh, Nick Superman. Cage Superman movie. So that's kind of in the vein of what you're doing. Right yeah, Jodorowsky's Dune. Yes, right there. Special, yeah. that best example. Yeah. Well, th- those are. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's close. I mean because. Mm-hmm. In the case of uh, Dune and uh, Superman Lives or whatever, they were projects that never actually yeah they, the they, yeah they just never went past uh, pre-production. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four was made but yeah. never officially released. Um, we're covering numerous filmmakers and numerous films, and uh, you know I, I guess it's comparable because uh, some of them some of the films have had limited release. Mm-hmm. Um, you know some have actually been released on DVD in Japan, though, though very obscure. Uh, 
Many have been seen only like at fan gatherings or you know small film festivals. Others have had very few public showings, and you know the films are mostly legend at this point. You know most people don't even exist. Especially in this day exist. and age, too. Yes, when you think it's like I can Google anything. It's like there's shit you no. still can't find. There's I've uncovered quite a few things that uh, even to this day surprise me. I mean, just last month I found you know something new I didn't even know existed. Can and, you? Can you? Can you? Is that, oh, you... it's, it's, uh, I, I'll show it to you earlier. Okay. Oh, yeah. A, a Line the Barbarian, which mm-hmm. was a uh, superhero show in the vein of Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they made about um, nearly a dozen episodes um, through 2000 to 2012, I believe. Ooh, so a decade during. Yeah. Uh, you know, they would make these, you know, a few every couple of years. And, you know, they were, they were full-length episodes, like 22, 25-minute episodes. And he was like an Ultraman type of character. And they had kaiju suits and sets. And um, these were actually released on DVD in Japan. And uh, I wasn't aware of them until a few months ago. Somebody had brought them to my attention. So, of course, I tracked them down. And uh, I found a connection to uh, to something that we're working on. Uh, in certain episodes of Lion the Barbarian... Uh, they, some of the kaiju were actually modified suits from Gamma 4. Really? Yeah, some of Mr. Hayashia, when I brought him this year to G-Fest, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he told me that a filmmaker friend of his had borrowed the suits because I asked, well, where are the suits? Do you still mm-hmm. have them? And he said, no. I said, a filmmaker friend of mine borrowed them and modified them to make an uh, original kaiju mm-hmm. and uh, for his project. And uh, I found... I didn't ask for the time, but later on I found out it was for this project, Lion the Barbarian. So, so. you're kind of like a cryptozoologist, but for kaiju films. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like cryptozoology as it is, but yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I've had more success finding films like this than, find, you know, on my expeditions looking for Bigfoot or yeah. the Boggy Creek. Yeah. He truly is the Indiana Jones of, of, of kaiju films. Like, he has been finding stuff left and right. Like, there hasn't been like a week uh, that we haven't th- talked since the. The last episode was like, oh, yeah, I found something new you got to see. And it's like, what? So now it's been stacking up. So he's got like a menagerie of stuff. Um, <clears throat> well, let's go in to detail about the doc. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, it's you and who else working on it? David Hall. Okay. David Hall is from Maryland. He's a, a filmmaker. Uh, he, appro- uh, he approached me at G-Fest. Well, actually before G-Fest, he got into contact me with me. When I started uh, talking at Wolfman vs. Godzilla, he was very interested in it. And uh, he had, you know, contacted me via email and he told me he was going to G-Fest as well and said, oh, we should meet up over there. I'd really like to talk to you about this. And sure, you know, I, I, I love meeting people who are interested in all this stuff. And when I got there, this was uh, last year, in 2013, and uh, uh, he, he actually brought forth the idea of making this a documentary film, which I hadn't considered. I mean, you know, I found Wolfman vs. Godzilla, and then I started finding other things. And for me, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's a good article. Mm-hmm. You know, I did end up writing an article. I was invited by August Ragoni to write an article for Famous Monsters about Wolfman vs. Godzilla, and that appeared in the 2013 Kaiju issue. Uh, so I did write a, an article for that, and I wrote an article for Sci-Fi Japan as well concerning the film. But, uh, you know, I started discovering other stuff and I thought, well, maybe this this could be a series of articles somewhere. And then I started getting really ambitious and I thought, well, maybe I even have a book in this, you know, maybe I can write and, 
you know, self-publish or maybe somebody would be interested mm-hmm. in this. <clears throat> but, you know, I had never considered, you know, a documentary. I mean, I don't know anything about filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know, but David does. He's a filmmaker. And so, I mean, the idea intrigued me because I thought not only can we talk about these films, maybe we can, you know, interview the filmmakers and uh, even show clips from the films. I mean, that's what people want to see. Yeah. They want to actually see the films, not just read about them. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not be able to show the entire film, but at least show clips so people get, get an idea. Well, because so far from if you listened to that last episode, I mean, you got an idea of the reaction when you first showed the Wolfman versus Godzilla footage. And that was only what? The first time was like five minutes of footage. Not even that, three and, and a half it, minutes, and, yeah. But yeah, you had a sellout room. You had a room that was jam-packed. And then the second time, it was even it was even bigger. Yes. And you brought the creator along with him that, that second time. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that, that so now you're, you two have hooked up, and he's proposed this documentary. Now, your first reaction was, as you said, like, what the hell do I know about it? So yeah. What, 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 can, what drove... We put the final nail in the coffin. It's like, yes, let's do this. Well, he, you know, I was very wary. I mean, because I, you know, I don't know a damn thing about it. But uh, he was very eager and very excited, you know, very enthusiastic about the whole project. Mm-hmm. And he was laying out to me, you know, exactly how he would do it. Mm-hmm. And um, he really believes in this project. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's been doing such a fantastic job in setting everything up. Uh, it's taken him this long um, to set everything up. I mean, because initially we we're thinking, okay, we'll cover Wolfman versus Godzilla. But then I told him, you know what, if we're going to do this, why don't we cover other filmmakers as well? Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's a great idea. So the project grew more and more from one filmmaker to, to many. I mean, we compiled, excuse me, we compiled a whole list of filmmakers who I thought it would be great to talk to. You know, these are people who don't get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of publicity for what they've done, and I, I think it's overdue to them. So we made a list: uh, Shizuo Nakajima, the director of Wolfman vs. Godzilla. Then also Shinpei Hayashiya, who was the first person I started looking for um, for Gamera Four, and uh, also he made Rigo mm-hmm. versus Yamato and Deep Sea Monster Raiga. And then I thought I'll. Also, okay, well, Mr. Nakajima told me about Masahiko Kato and Kato Productions. They made Atragon 2, Matango 2, Resurrection of Daimajin, and uh, the parody film Rabbit, Rabbit Man vs. Godzilla, <laughs> in, in addition to Daikaiju Zeran and uh, mm. quite a few other films. And then uh, also another filmmaker who really impressed me was uh, Kiyotaka Taguchi, who did Daikaiju Egaji and long-haired monster Gehara. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taguchi's also directed a few episodes of the new live-action Pat Labor that's uh, uh, being released in Japan currently. Those are the big four I wanted to talk to. Mm -hmm. And uh, we eventually got all of them on board. So we're talking to all of them over there. Did it take a lot of convincing? Um, For Nakajima, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, For Hayashiya... Uh, it took us a while to, you know, to get to know him. But, you know, once he came down, he, you know, saw you know, we were serious and we were big fans. Yeah, they, oh, he's totally into it. Um, Kato was convinced by Nakajima. Yeah, because Nakajima and I have a very good relationship. And uh, uh, Taguchi was, uh, <laughs> we, we could not 
contact. It took us a while to contact him directly, mm-hmm. and then uh, he agreed to it. And then uh, we're talking to other people as well. Um, we're talking to um, Shingo Mayahata, who did Zella Monster Martial Law. It's a very interesting scene. Yeah, it's you know he's um, it's great because you know he, he's very young. I think he's like twenty twenty one. So, Is that young? Yeah. Uh, I feel like a waste of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. No. Yeah, he, um, you know, so, I mean, he's like the new generation of kaiju filmmakers, mm-hmm. and but he's yeah. using, you know, traditional techniques, which is fantastic. And uh, he made Zella Monster Martial Law uh, in conjunction with Osaka University of Arts. They have a, they actually have a tokusatsu program at the university. Mm-hmm. Which was headed by Koichi Kawakita. You told me that it blew my blew my damn mind. Yeah, because yeah. I was just like, "What?" They actually teach them to make traditional tokusatsu films. They 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 make entire sets of buildings. They make the suits, and it's the you know the semester project to make a film, a short film. That would be know. amazing. Yeah, to actually be in the classrooms and just follow some of the students around. Yes. See how they do things. Yeah. Uh, part of the project is, I mean, part of the documentary, we are going to Osaka University of Arts to uh, take some footage. And uh, I'm not sure if there's a, there'll be a class in session while we're there, but at least, you know, see the facility. and See how the, uh, the magic is made. Yeah. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe talk to some of the people involved. So for a lot of the filmmakers, are you going through just literally cold calling? Or you have you guys have mutual friends in common like six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Uh, yeah, uh, we in most cases we uh, um, use various resources because you know the Tokusatsu community in Japan it's it's is pretty small. You know, a lot of them have worked together before, and you know we had people get in contact with each other, and uh, you know and, and it helped with us because a lot of them knew us personally, so they were able to vouch for us like these guys are serious and right you know and I think that they they liked that fact that you know. Uh, you know, a non-Japanese film crew's coming in and they're making a documentary about them, you know, and a, you know, a lot of them don't see them, you know, they're behind the scenes mainly. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not celebrity status, a lot of them. You know, a lot of them are just, you know, amateurs and private citizens, but, you know, we're shining the spotlight on them, you know, in gratitude and, and want, you know, the world to see their, their work, their films, mm-hmm. you know. And, How many films do you think... Uh, might make the final cut that you guys will be covering because well, you've only listed four or five. Yeah, well, yeah. well five filmmakers. I mean, <laughs> and some of them have done multiple films. Exactly. So <clears throat> I would say, I guess, how many films? Oh gosh, uh, at least a dozen. Well, on that note, mm-hmm. let's let's because we teased at the end, and this goes in with the documentary. We teased at the end of the last episode that you had a lot more than Wolfman vs. Godzilla. You mentioned Gamera 4 briefly, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Godzilla vs. Sidora. So what other what other jewels, little, little gems have you found that have helped lead to this project? Can you give us a like a quick uh, like a rundown real quick? Uh, well, see, Gamera 4, because mm-hmm. uh, that's like the most infamous of all the independent films. Because they had a lot of internet press. A lot of internet press, but... Back in the nascent day of, like, message boards and stuff, yeah. the sites are really popping up. But And, and incredibly enough, that's the that's one of the films that the fewest people have seen. I mean, it's it's well, been very... I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it, yeah. which is, 
Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> an incredible honor because mm. Gamera 4 has only been shown 10 times in Japan, had 10 screenings, and most of them were very small venues like Loft Plus One. Mm. Uh, there were two screenings here stateside. One was a private screening at G-Fest mm-hmm. this year in 2014. Is that invite only? Invite only. About maybe 35 people okay. saw it. And then, of course, there was the last minute uh, event at Anime Jungle in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. In, uh, which was a Shinpei Hayashiya night in which uh, Mr. Hayashiya showed Gamera 4. Uh, he not only showed Gamera 4, but he also showed his other infamous short film Godzilla vs. Death Gilas <laughs> which uh, that's a film I had heard I had heard the name mentioned over the years on the internet and I could never confirm whether or not this film existed but I saw it on numerous different sites and I thought well this name cannot be made up what is Godzilla vs. Death Gilas a couple of them claimed uh, Shinpei Hayashi made it and sure enough when I, once I contacted him yeah mm-hmm. he confirmed he did make it uh about what, a twelve minute film? Yeah, about right. yeah. It's a it's a short film. It's a it's more of a like like a parody of uh, Godzilla. No, it has the most adorable, I think, uh, Millennium Ace Millennium style puppet of Godzilla I've ever seen too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Godzilla and Death Gilas, which is kind of a more advanced version of Mega Gilas. Um, uh, Mr. Hayashiya made them himself out of uh, like foam. But the, you know they're very well done. No, they are. It's it's it was an ex, it was exceptional. I'm sitting there like it's like there's there's you could see the joy that went into making that film just admit on screen. Like the, you could tell that he was having just a ball making it. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, then the, you mentioned Godzilla versus Sidora, mm-hmm. which uh, mistakenly all these years I gave credit to Mr. Hayashiya for making it. But once we started talking, he corrected me that he did not make that film. Mm-hmm. I assumed he made it because mm-hmm. on his old website, which has been defunct for years now, he had a lot of coverage of Gamera 4 and Godzilla vs. Sidora. Uh, I found out why, because the the true creator of Godzilla vs. Sidora, Mr. Kazuya Hayashi, he supplied the CGI effects for Gamera 4. So Mr. Hayashi just wanted to you know, promote his... His film as well on the website, mm-hmm. but so he, he corrected me, let me know who's actually responsible for that film. So I have another director now to track down, <laughs> and you know I've, we've been putting in contact with him. Uh, so okay, we have you know, Gamera Four, God, Godzilla's Death Gilas, Godzilla vs. Sidora, and then uh, I think I mentioned uh, in 2013 when I brought Shizuo Nakajima for Wolfman vs. Godzilla. During breakfast one day at G-Fest, he mentioned uh, Mr. Kato and Kato Productions. And these were... He had mentioned a film called Daikaju Zeran, which I had heard of. But then he mentioned other films which I had never heard of. The, a sequel to Atragon, a sequel to Matango, and uh, you know, an, another Daimajin film. And so, I, of course, I was intrigued. I mean, these were films that I love. Mm. And I had never heard of these. Uh, so he put me in contact with Mr. Kato and <clears throat> provided copies of the films for me. And so I thought, okay, though well, this is definitely someone I need to talk to as well because I mean, these are, you know, you can tell a lot of work went into these productions. You know, these are not just, you know, somebody with a, a video camera and you know, vinyl figures. You know, and also some of the, they were produced in the late '70s and the '80s, uh, early '80s. I mean, the, 
you know, this is at a time when to make your own film was still an undertaking. It wasn't something yeah. you did as so an like afterthought. Video cameras were not readily available. Yeah, you, you still had to get film stock and all that good exactly. stuff. Exactly. I mean, they're shot on, on single eight. I mean, you mm-hmm. weren't shooting them with your cell phone. You know, and also, you know, they they made full size props. I mean, they made a an Atragon. Uh, they made, you know, a, a Monda puppet. Because in Atragon 2, no Monda's in there as well, and then they they made they made a city set. No Monda crawls out of the ocean and attacks the city. That's <laughs> you know, so you know quite a bit of work went into that. Um, then of course, uh, then there's Kiyotaka Taguchi who did Daikaiju Ega G, mm. uh, which is a, a monster, a giant monster who uh, ends up fighting a giant robot. Uh, very action packed, violent film for a kaiju film. And uh, that was like a his initial project, and then he got a bit more polished later, and he made the short film Long Haired Monster Gehara, mm-hmm. which uh, actually features music by Akira Ifukube. Really? Yes. Wait, was that before he died? Or no, after. Still... Okay, so it was like some some other film, like he some stock music or something. Yes, like just that? stock music. But, okay. Yeah, but you no, know, it was shot in Toho style. I mean, there's a lot of. Um, homages to Toho films in Yehara. And, uh, you know, it's... It's a serious monster movie, but there's a lot of, you know, comedic homages to other films. Because it's, it's, it, because it was it was briefly online, I believe, when it first came out, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Like, uh, Probably. I remember, I remember hearing about it, it's like, um, one of the, like, one of the sites I forget what it might have been Monsters Zero at the time. It's like, hey, this is online, it's like 30 minutes long, catch it while you can. The thing was, it wasn't sub, so it was yeah. uh, like you're kind of if you're an American fan that doesn't know squat about Japanese, you're kind of just like, okay, monster, monster, don't know what's going on, monster. Oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah, but it it was you know professionally done. It looks like amazing, yes. but it also felt like it was also walking a fine line of serious and parody at the same time. Yeah, because the idea is a long haired monster is like the Sadako of uh, of giant monsters, like yeah. in the ring. And also, they kind of poke fun at a lot of the cliches of giant monster films. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of the characters. You know, they portray Gihara as a sympathetic uh, character. Yeah. You know, all, all humans are the real monsters type mm-hmm. of thing like yeah. that. <laughs> and uh, well, well, Mr. Uh, Taguchi he made both G and Gihara. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to talk to him because I thought you know these are very kind of obscure productions that a lot of kaiju fans uh, have not seen yet. And um, you know, I, I, you know, you know, I, I, I thought it was worth talking to him, you know, and he, of course he's gone on to professional productions. He's directed a couple of the episodes of the live action Pat Labor, mm-hmm. and uh, so I definitely wanted to talk to him, even though um, Daikaiju Egaji and Gihara can were both released commercially on DVD in Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you can order them, you know, uh, online, and the. Uh, the DVD for Gehara is actually subtitled in English. Really? Yeah. So if you, you know, would like to order import copies of those films, you know, go online, you know, use various resources, and um, and you can get legitimate copies of those films. Uh, so it's kind of it kind of goes the spectrum. I mean, some of the films are, are very rare. And, no one's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Some have actually, like in the, these cases, have actually gotten commercial releases in Japan. But the thing is, they never were widely available outside the rest of the, uh, no. the country, though. No. So I know I've seen people hit you up 
in the last couple of weeks about um, uh, Rego. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's like, hey, where can I get this? Because apparently there was a copy released in Germany or something like that. Well, Rego, and, both Rego and Raiga from Shinpei Hashiya mm-hmm. did get domestic DVD releases in Japan. Mm-hmm. Germany did release both on home video mm-hmm. in Japan uh, in Germany as well. Uh, in DVD. Um, those were the only commercial releases that I'm aware of were in Japan and Germany for for those films. A weird market too. Germans like, hey, the Germans got this. It's like. Really? Like, yeah. Well, the the um, the the marketing campaign uh, for those films because I have some uh, images of the promotional materials. You know, they really it says, you know, if you like, you know, Godzilla and Gamera, you'll love this." You know, so they're really going after the, the kaiju fans in Germany. But you know, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting that they did show up in you know, they did show up in Germany as the home video release. Uh, it hasn't been released anywhere else, as far as I know. Uh, and Mr. Hayashiya, he's currently he just started shooting his third major monster film last week. It's a sequel to uh, Raga. It's entitled Deep Sea Monster Raga versus Volcano Monster Olga. So he started filming that last week in Japan. He had announced it at G Fest this year when he was there. Mm-hmm. So this is a film that's uh, it just started production. So we're going to cover that when we go as part of the documentary. Yeah, just, that would be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The stars are aligning on this. Yeah. Yes. All right, so let's let's delve into... So that that's like a, a taste of what you can expect from this doc. So yes. So people, you're, you're getting footage. You're really going into pretty much... You're focusing on a, almost a subgenre of itself within yes. within it. So this is the subreddit of, uh, of, of, of kaiju stuff, of kaiju <laughs> material. Um, so you guys are heading to Japan. Mm-hmm. To be there, and so when you come back, can you tell us what your plans? Are you able to tell us anything of the plans once you guys are done? Like, what, what's the idea? What, you have a Kickstarter running right we now. We have a Kickstarter which went up a week ago. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I invite you all to please visit the site. There's a video on there of myself and the director David Hall explaining the project. It can, and you can also see short clips uh, of some of the films that are that are to be covered. Uh, so go to Kickstarter and look up uh, Kaiju Gaiden. Uh, K-A-I-J-U separate word G-A-I-D-E-N uh, you can google that Kaiju Gaiden and Kickstarter it'll take you right to the page uh, you can go to Facebook to Kaiju Gaiden and like our Facebook page and they'll have plenty of updates and the Kickstarter uh, campaign there are a lot of exciting premiums that we are offering there's some cool stuff yeah uh, there have been posters for the film drawn by IDW comic book artists Matt Frank and Jeff Zornow, who work on the Godzilla comics that IDW uh, produces. Uh, they both supplied us with incredible artwork posters, and those are available through the Kickstarter. Also, uh, there will be uh, chibi figures of <laughs> the, the legendary Wolfman from Wolfman vs. Godzilla. Those are very limited. They'll be available exclusively through the Kickstarter, and those are sculpted by Alex Merdich. And uh, we, uh, he also is going to sculpt a few uh, Wolfman busts that are going to be uh, some premiums. And we, we have other exciting stuff. You know, some magnets, some uh, lobby cards. You know. The lobby cards, those, those sound like fun because that's, a, that's a, almost a dead art in itself. Yeah. But like for like old school collectors, like lobby cards are like a big thing too because mm-hmm. just, 
I mean, all they really were were just, you know, little scenes taken out of the film with, like, a nice, like, little, uh, like, framing around it for the, yeah. for the, uh, for the advertisement. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's something you don't see anymore. So that's, it's a nice kickback to what, what, what the idea of the film is. It's like, because a lot of these, a lot of these projects you talk about, and I've, I've had a chance to see, like, glimpses of them. They're all, you know, fairly, you know, some, like, some of the Matago stuff like that are, are older, Wolfman vs. Godzilla's in the 80s, but they are harkening back to decades even before that. So, yeah. something old for something new. Yeah, they're paying homage to, you know, a time when you know, tokusatsu films were in their golden age. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone is indebted to Eiji Tsuburaya mm-hmm. and Ishido Honda. Um, you know, this is just paying tribute to them. Um, yeah, so you know, we have those as premiums. And if, if you're not into collecting things like that, you, know, you can also contribute to support the film. And you, you can get a download of the film once it's finished. Or a DVD or Blu-ray once they're produced. So spread the word. It's always good when fans band together and kind of support each other out. Yeah. So I think it's something. And how long does the campaign run? Yeah, it's a 45-day campaign. At, as of the, today, uh, the recording date, I believe we have 38 days left. It, so it, you got a good month left. Yeah, it ends in... Uh, Mid-November? Or November, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so there's plenty of time. And believe me, I want to whore the hell out of, the, out of this episode, too. Yeah, I, I cannot stress enough that we, we definitely need your help on this. I mean, this is a project... There have been a lot of documentaries, excellent documentaries, on tokusatsu and, and kaiju films, Japanese kaiju films. But this is the first time a documentary like this has been attempted... You know, we are focusing not on, not on the uh, legends of the genre. We are focusing on the independent filmmakers and you know and the upstarts. You know, and this covers a you know a, a wide range of time. Like you said, some of the films were made in the late seventies, early eighties, and some of the films were just just completed. Mm-hmm. In the like case, Zella was... like Zella, Shingo Manahata. So you know, we're looking at a couple of generations of filmmakers. You know, using various techniques. Some are Strictly suitmation, summer suitmation, you know, accented with CGI. Like Gamma 4 was. Like Gamma 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Shingo Mayahata, uh, Zella, he's, um, he's taking a more traditional route. Um, I mean, for the clips I saw from that looked mostly suit and with a lot of force yeah. perspective. Yeah. It also looks violent as hell, too. Yeah. And, you know, he's younger, <laughs> he was more action oriented, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, so it's interesting to see the different. Take different styles that the, mm-hmm. the various filmmakers use, uh, you know, and also using the technology available to them at the time of production. So that's very interesting in itself. So even if you're not really a fan of kaiju films, uh, if you're just into independent film, it's something very fascinating because, you know, these people are making a style of film which requires certain things. You know, uh, a typical independent film, you know, you just need a good script and some actors and, you know, and uh, all the materials and tools to film it. Like it's Slacker and Clerks. Yeah. Pretty much. You need yeah. a camera, a couple of people on the right, recite some lines, and it has to be well written. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but if you're going to make a tokusatsu film, especially a kaiju film, mm-hmm. there's other things you need. You need, you know, there's usually a monster, mm-hmm. uh, which means a costume. So or one has some, to build a good costume. Yeah, a costume or some kind of prop. Mm-hmm needs to be made for the creatures and in a lot of cases there are sets whether it's a city set or you know uh, some kind of landscape there's a set that needs to be constructed or provided you know these are considerations that other types of films don't have to consider but 
in the case of uh, tokusatsu films, I mean, these are you know are the, the are the, the hallmarks of the, the genre. So, you know, they're they're taking on this task, and you know, and not only that, but it, it, look, I I, I, I kind of went on verbatim about, it, but I'm going to repeat it here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're pretty much maintain. You're almost you're almost writing down the the book of hit of a, almost a lost history right here. Yeah. So, like, all this stuff would have gone by the wayside. Like, before, like, when you, you told the story about when you were looking into Godzilla, or Wolfman versus Godzilla, and, you know, even back in the day, on the boards were just like, oh, it's a little fan film. That was all you could find until you actually went and started digging. And you found that there was a whole nother story to it, and there was a whole hell of a lot more. Yes. And if it wasn't for someone like you, no one would have ever known. Yeah. It would have always been the thing that was in obscurity. All these yeah. films would have been remained in obscurity until, like, Somebody just wanders across. Oh, yeah, that's cool. But the problem is, is like you, someone has to have the motivation to really put it out there, and that's what you're doing with this film. That's just you're you're laying down something that hopefully will not be lost to time. And so far, what you're doing so far, like more, I've seen more people that are like, okay, what is this? Like the Wolfman, especially Wolfman versus Godzilla, because it looks like a real damn Godzilla movie. Yeah. And so that's that's where your hook is, and then that's when you reel everyone in. So like, there's more. And on top of that, you have found much more besides just the Japanese stuff. Like, in your digging, you found a lot more, haven't you? Yes. So, like, can you give us a little example? Yeah, uh, there's a lot more to this. Uh, well, I mean, this whole undertaking is part of uh, something I call the Independent Kaiju Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a website, www.insearchofmonsters.com. And, uh, you know, I I like to look for this obscure stuff. You know, I... I that's how much I love the genre. I mean, I'm not content with what's been released. I'm looking for more. <laughs> you know, like yes. a good addict, one yeah. hit is never enough. <laughs> exactly. It's like the Batman Filipino films. Oh, you're God, like you gotta brilliant. find them. Yes, like the Bollywood uh, Spider Man. Bollywood Spider Man. The uh, yeah, the three Dev Adam movie. Like when mm-hmm. I was, we were talking about that. You know what that is, right? Yeah. Okay, real quick. For those who don't know, you can look it up online. There's actually, I think the whole movie is on YouTube right now, but. Uh, Bollywood is real big on ripping off things from Hollywood back in the late 70s and early 80s. And they would take shamelessly rip off things to the point I think the Superman movie stole effects from the Donner film in the set in like the late 70s. But there was one that was just so insane that it has to be seen to believe. It's called Three Dev Adam, which I think translates to like Three Mighty Men or something like that. Yeah, it's it's a Turkish actually. Okay, Turkish. Thank yeah. you. And it... it <laughs> It's a evil Spider-Man, and it looks like the, the gankiest costume you would find on Hollywood Boulevard, with the, the eye holes cut out, with the guys with the bushiest eyebrows you've ever seen sticking out, and he's an international terrorist. And a local cop has to team up with Captain America, who, mind you, is another Turkish dude in a Captain America outfit, and El Santo, the wrestler, to bring down this criminal organization. That's all I'm going to say because the rest is insane. It is a sight to be to, to behold. And when we were talking about that, Mark's like, you know, I got a ton of stuff like that from like China and all kinds of stuff. This is all the stuff he's been finding since he started this 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 expedition, if you will. How do you spell the word? Three D E V Adam. Okay. So three Dev Adam. Yeah. A D A M. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, and speaking of which, uh, films like that, have you seen the Italian Spider-Man? Yes, the like, dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And some of the people who made uh, Danger 5, which if you haven't seen that show, that's brilliant in its own way. Because those guys are doing kind of similar to this. They're paying homage 
like all those kind of like the almost the uh, like the, there's homage to Thunderbirds, there's homage to like some Tokusaku stuff, like some just old serials. They combine just about everything you can into one thing, and it's a it's a group of British special forces agents fighting Adolf Hitler week after week. And the running gag of the show, which I love, is every time they try to foil Hitler's plans, they're so close to killing Hitler, and he gets away by jumping out of a window, like breaking through it. But they fight dinosaur men, they go to the center of the earth where they fight ape men, and, like, you know, Dr. Mengele is uh, running, like, a, a like a vat of super mutants <laughs> and stuff like that. There's one where they fight robots called the Kill Men of the Rising Sun. So that's it's all on Hulu, too. They can go check it out. They made the Italian Spider-Man, which is in that same vein. Yeah, it's... Those are great. So I digress. So yeah. what, what, what 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 other gems have you found like in part of this project? Well, uh, sticking to Japan, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of films out there. I mean, there are still some that I'm still searching for. I mean, I found a lot that I've been looking for, mm-hmm. but um, I have um, flyers from old eight millimeter amateur film festivals that uh, took place in the late '70s, early '80s, and uh, they have the entire schedule on there. So I have a list of films <laughs> that I'm looking. Uh, yeah, one of the ones was uh, Ultra Q episode 29, uh, which I did find. Okay. Um, that's because uh, there were 28 episodes of the original Ultra Q series. A uh, group of fans, years later, uh, made a 29th episode, full-length episode of Ultra Q, and it has the same intro and everything. It's, it's really fantastic. And... Um, there's another one entitled um, Godzilla vs. Space Metal Monster Xenon. I heard of that. Yeah, I do have a photograph mm-hmm. of that film. And, uh, it's, not the, it's not that artwork of Godzilla kind of hanging out in space, is it? No, no. Okay, it's, it's something different then. Okay, then. Yeah, yes, uh, it's, a, um, it's a metal monster. It kind of looks... It's reminiscent of the 70s Mechagodzilla. Okay. But uh, from what I've read on some Japanese websites, it's... Uh, monster that has three forms kind of you know it, it changes shape throughout the course of the film kind of like the first bag in in the 84 draft yeah yeah or you know a lot of the Heisei films feature yeah, you know better, yeah. different uh, forms of the, of the monster but uh, I have I know very little of this film I just have a few some information on Japanese websites so far but uh, uh, once I'm going to go to Japan I'm going to show a lot of the people who are going to interview and Maybe I can find more information about it and track down the maker of the film. So that's one of the ones I'm looking for. Um, and then there's um, there's like a whole genre of like superhero shows, like like Ultraman type of stuff and Sentai stuff. You know, uh, uh, everyone knows Gainax. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, when Di- Gainax first started, they were Daikon Film, and they started as general products, but when they were Daikon film in the 70s and early 80s, they did a couple of tokusatsu films. They did um, uh, Patriotic Task Force, Patriotic Task Force Dainippon, mm-hmm. which was their Sentai show, complete with you know, five members and uh, a giant robot. Yeah. And they did uh, an episode of Return of Ultraman featuring Hideaki Anno, the creator <laughs> of Evangelion, as Ultraman. That I've seen, and yeah. it is brilliant. When he transforms into Ultraman, he's yeah. just a, a guy. Well, he's wearing like a jacket that's like the color of like Ultraman. Yeah, with complete with color timer, but it's yeah. just him with his hair and his pretty glasses. Much, yeah, yeah, and he's, he's fighting a giant monster. It's pretty hilarious. And then uh, in 1985, they also did uh, Yamata no Orochi Strikes Back, 
in which is an alien invasion mm-hmm. in which they have a giant robot uh, patterned mm-hmm. after the mythological eight-headed serpent, Yamaka no Orochi. Uh, they did that in 85, and that was one of the very first special effects jobs for Shinji Higuchi, who did, you know, uh, the, the Heisei Gamera trilogy, and who's currently working on the live-action uh, Attack on Titan. Um, so, yeah, so those are some of the, the films. And then also there's a, there's a whole genre in Japan of, like, regional productions of superhero shows. Uh, I have... I've, Collected quite a few of them on VHS and on DVD. Uh, you know, that, here, yeah, they range from like both Sentai to like the Metal Heroes, yes, and yeah. like the Common Rider style stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was a there's a Blue Burst who's like a like a cop, mm-hmm. and the, the, the Mighty P Man, <laughs> and there's uh, yeah a, a lot of different a lot of different uh, 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 heroin Busca, not not Busca. Asuka, Asuka, mm-hmm. um, yeah. There's a, a lot of a lot of these out there that, you know, uh, it's going to take me some time to, to find out who's responsible for these. And but, but, to, but go, explain the, the significance of these because the way you told it to me just kind of blew my mind. And for to those who aren't familiar with the you know the, the way that Japan does stuff with their home video market because their home video market is completely different from our home video market in many respects. That uh, like V cinema is almost like its own genre in itself. That's where guys like Takashi Miike got their start. Um, it's almost seen as like a uh, the way the way Miike described it is like it's not looked down upon. Like if you get a director video movie over here, like hey Roadhouse Four just came out. It's like who in the hell is going to watch Roadhouse Four yeah. over there though? It's like Visitor Q, Audition, all those were like yeah. V cinema films. And the the thing with those is like yeah they're low budget, but they allow more freedom. Yeah. This goes beyond that, though, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Because, like you said, unlike here, where directed video things are seen as you know, like sub, it was subpar for a yeah. general theatrical release. In Japan, it's like it's an entirely different um, uh, medium as far as uh, to release films are. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of animation uh, that release. Uh, Direct to video, you know, o- OVA. OVAs, yeah. yeah, like Diver and stuff. I mean, and these are you know legendary. Uh, the same holds true for motion pictures, and they didn't they didn't necessarily have to be made by big companies. Uh, there were small outfits throughout Japan, you know, basically regional productions. They would um, have a micro budget and they would film something. A lot of times on video, mm-hmm. like episode, they would make up episodes. They'd make up their own characters, their own heroes. And they would uh, release them locally to to uh, video stores, and they would rent them out. So it'd be a lot of local productions. You know, I guess kind of uh, you could draw the analogy to like a, a local TV station, but like instead, local, well, like public access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, but instead they released them directly to video stores, so people couldn't choose to rent them. That's a that's a genius racket right there, too. Yeah, because pretty much you're supporting like just the local businesses in the area. So it's like. So saying like you live in uh, Osaka, but mm-hmm. this thing came out like over in Kyoto somewhere, you would yeah. have to go there just to see it or have someone in the area to get yeah. it for you. Yeah, or if they have a website, you know, you could probably order a copy mm-hmm. now. You know, like before, it would just, you know, you would have to travel to see it or find out about it through some kind of periodical. No, but now with the internet, you know, yeah. people probably release things straight to internet. It's a lot of tape trading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, even here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, here in Los Angeles, you have uh, Fujiyama Ichiban. Mm-hmm. That's they the, just started their their series. Yeah, the, their their webcast just just went online last week. Uh, Fujiyama Ichiban is based here in Los Angeles. They're an outfit uh, by uh, uh, Michi Yamato, who was a member of uh, Ono Kenyokan. That that was the stunt uh, crew, that was the stunt group who did all all of the stunt work for the original Kamen Rider shows in Japan. Uh, he immigrated here about twenty years ago. And he has a martial arts studio down in the South Bay of uh, California, and uh, he has he, he has his students. They do, they have costumes and everything made professionally, and he has a a, a, a webisodes now available on YouTube. They're called Fujiyama Ichiban, and it's in the style of you know the typical Japanese heroes. You know that's a good example of like a regional production, but this is actually based here out of Los Angeles, mm. you know, but you know, it's in the same vein, you know, me, uh, Mr. Yamato growing up in Japan, you know, it, it's, he's doing the same thing here. And, uh, when I talked, when I spoke to Mr. Yamato, he almost, he also informed me that he himself did, um, did amateur common writer movies. <laughs> what? Yeah. In the seventies and eighties. He Does did. Does he have these still? He still has them. Oh. He, he did three different common writer films. And yeah, we're, well, we're real quick. Did he mention that they were his own creation, or they were based on the series that were out at the time? They were based on the series that were out at the time. Oh, okay, yeah, but uh, there was an air of disappointment. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Like there, there, there's two. Like that didn't sound. Just, uh, don't take that that tone as like someone like. Okay, that's like all right. Like me, like okay, okay. I'm just thinking. Okay, anyway, <laughs> yeah. we digress. Yeah, you know, and even though it is it is an independently made fan creation by Mr. Yamato, I mean. Know, first of all, he was part of the stunt troupe who did you know all of the action scenes for the real common writer shows, and also when he moved here from Japan, he was actually hired by Saban, who at the time was trying to replicate their success with Power Rangers mm-hmm. across the board by importing other Japanese shows. They hired uh, Michi Yamato to do the stunt choreography for the uh, Masked Rider. That was the American version yeah. of Kamen Rider Black Which RX. Okay, but not great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he did uh, you know stunt coordination for some of the other shows too. I, I think Beetleborgs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, but just goes to show. I mean, you know, I mean Tokusatsu and Sentai. I mean, it, it's, it has a huge fan base. I mean, here in Los Angeles, just last month they had was that Power Morphicon? Yes. yes. Yeah. I think the well, Jessica and I talked about it in our lost episode, the mm-hmm. one that we could not use because it didn't record right. But yeah, no, we were that was, I mean, that was probably the biggest turnout yet for the show, right? And yeah. it's only run by yearly, so like every other year, mm-hmm. which I think does help it a lot too. The fact that you're not burning out the fan base, and not only that, but there's like a million shows out here in Southern California now, so yeah. you gotta be pick and choose sometimes what you're doing. But yeah. that show was one of the best run shows I've ever seen. They catered directly to that crowd. And not only that, but this year, I think, was the first year they really started opening up to the, to the Japanese-like portions of it. Because the last two shows were mostly very, you know, Power Ranger-based. They dipped into the other Saban shows, like Beetle Wars and stuff. But this year, like, they brought out the original Red Ranger from mm-hmm. the Japanese counterpart. And that, he was, like, welcomed like, like a damn king. Like, people were like, oh, my God. Because in the last few years, thanks to torrents and torrent sites and stuff like that, and fan subbing, 
like the Sentai shows have, are gaining if, as much popular, if not more popular now than their their American counterparts. Yeah, people are finally right. being able to see the original versions of yeah. these shows, and there's in yeah. a lot of cases they're seeing, wow, these are like so much more seriously yeah. done than. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> than and also it's it's created a snob level of <laughs> Sentai fans now, which I find fascinating. Is there's not one like swear ridden uh, you know bore that I've been on where it's just like. Yeah, you know, you Power Ranger fans, you know, I stuff I cannot repeat here on this podcast because there might be children listening. But let's just say there's a lot of hatred towards Jason David Frank and not so much towards the uh, the original dude that was the Green Ranger. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but anyway, but yeah, so I mean, it is it is steadily growing. And uh, as you know, the one of the reasons why Jessica and I kind of started this podcast was with Pacific Rim. That shined a whole light on, on this genre. And, there's a lot more people like really kind of waking up to it again. And, like it's like, hey, this stuff's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it popularized the word kaiju among general audiences. Mm-hmm. For so for a lot of the lost things that you found, is there anywhere from any filmmaker or country where you didn't see that coming? Like this was shot in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Uh, well, I mean. I'm actually surprised at the things I'm finding. That it, it seems that um, the kaiju genre actually goes is pretty far-reaching. Um, you know, in addition to Japan, uh, Korea has a lot of kaiju films. You know, there's the original Yangari plus you know the 2001 remake. Yeah. Um, there's <laughs> there's also Polgasari which people know was made in the 80s by Kim Jong-il and Kenpachiro Satsuma, the Heisei Godzilla suit actor, portrayed the monster. Which I think mistakenly was thought to be banned, but it was never really banned. Was that a, like a publicity thing? That's just a publicity thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, because it was from North Korea. I mean, it, it just never got picked up. It was just so obscure. No one yeah. cared about it. But, uh, you know, it, it, maybe it was banned somewhere, but, you know... Um, <laughs> Uh, but you know, Pogasari, it's actually based on Bugasari, a uh, Korean legend of an iron eating monster. And uh, there was actually an earlier version of Pogasari made in 1962. Really? Yes. And uh, do have some photos and some poster images of that. That's one like one of the lost films we haven't been able to f- locate. That's like the King Kong and Edo kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when it's like it's there's evidence that it existed, but it might be. Might be gone forever. Yeah, well, yeah. There's that poster image of King Kong appears in Edo, and then also uh, two images of uh, Wase King Kong, the 1933 Japanese King Kong. Really? Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, Korea has you know, Yangari, Polgasari, then of course you no, know, the the films of Shinri Hyung, who was a uh, admitted Tokusatsu fanatic. You know, mm-hmm. he made his Yangu films. Some of them like Yangu and Dinosaur Juju. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> just laughing just at the names. Yeah, all the names. Yeah, I mean, Youngu was a comedic character, and mm-hmm. you know, it was basically a comedy film. But he did have you know great tokusatsu scenes in them, and uh, you know, he did make the the Yangari remake in 1999 and the upgrade version in 2000, and of course, Dragon Wars. Which I was, love Dragon Wars, which was released theatrically. Yeah, uh, you know, for as cheesy as it is, that movie is awesome. Yeah, because they really took their time refining the CGI. It took them years to finalize it. Because I remember I saw some footage of Dragon Wars online around 2002. And, of course, 
Back when QuickTime still held it. Yes. <laughs> Those but, were the dark days. <laughs> and for years I thought, when is this film coming out? Because these scenes look awesome. And finally it was released in Korea and then here. Um, like dom- 08 or 09, wasn't it? Yeah, like domestically that. in the U.S. And about 2007, 2008. A, a young Craig Robinson before he really broke big. Too. Yes, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Right, right before uh, Pineapple Express. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, but you know, even though it is CGI... Uh, it was very well done. I mean, that attack on Los Angeles is one of the best, you know, monster yeah. attack scenes I've ever seen. And it's long too. It's not like a quick. Like, no, it's like the literally almost like the like three fourths of the third act of the film. Yeah, it's basically what the legendary Godzilla should have done. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no cutaways. Oh, just a stab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, there's a lot of uh, Korean uh, kaiju films. You know, and then of course there's the legendary Wang Magui, which uh, is that that bird one? The bird, no, and, like uh, the giant rodent looking thing. No, Wang no. Magui's uh, it's kind of ape looking. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's made 1966, and it was um. I, okay, now I. Yeah. You just blew my mind on that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. The only uh, known copy is uh, held by the Korean Film Archive, and they trot it out every once, every couple of years for film festivals. Last time was in 2008. They had a Korean science fiction film festival. They showed movies like uh, The Host and Tyranno's Claw mm-hmm. and things like that, in addition to Wang Magui and Yungari and all that. Well, yeah, because the Korean film industry has really kind of turned around in the last like decade or so. Like they, yes. Especially with like the uh, uh, Park Chan Woo kind of making a, uh, a splash internationally, like they started taking, like they became what Hong Kong was about like twenty years ago. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, there are a lot of if you look on Netflix, there are a lot of Korean horror films. Oh yeah, you know that are original films. You know, they're not remakes of the Japanese horror. There was uh, one about a giant boar. It was like pretty much Jaws on land. Uh, it was Cha. That's what it was. Yeah. Which was actually a fun film. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of films that come out and people are like, "That's a remake of a Korean film." Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a ton of, like South it, Korean. Yeah. But people don't realize <laughs> Departed's a freaking remake. Yeah. yeah. I, a lot of people don't really. I, mean, I tell them they're like, "What?" It's like, yeah. yeah, it's a remake called Infernal Affairs. Yeah. You should go watch it. It's a great movie. And yeah. like, um, you know, when when the host splashed, you know, made mm-hmm. a big impact. Right. You know, you heard that there's going to be an American version made. The net, I, yeah, that's thankfully fell by the wayside because they're doing host two right now. Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, though, the original. Production, the FX house no longer exists to make the creature anymore. So they go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, let's see if it's as good as the first one. Well, because the first one was the orphanage, which ended up doing. They did the dragons for uh, Rain of Fire, and then they did. Um, I think one of the last things they did was they worked. They got. I think they got folded into Rhythm and Hughes before Rhythm and Hughes went under. They also did that, and they did uh, one other monster movie. It's really escaping the second. Ah, I'll come back to it. I don't want to drag this down any more than I have. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's the Korean films, and then also, then there are Chinese kaiju films. The Chinese kaiju films are very obscure. When, um, Inframan is an example. Everyone has seen Inframan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's readily available, and it, uh, frankly, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. It's, it's just action-packed. It's insane, too. Yeah, it is insane. Uh, Roger the, Ebert loved the hell out of that movie. Yes, that, that was on uh, Cisco and Ebert's Guilty Pleasures show. Mm. Uh, this is when Roger Ebert's admitted Guilty Pleasures was Inframan. And it's a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it yet. I mean, it's readily available. You can get it on Amazon, probably even watch it on YouTube. But um, yeah, 
I mean, the Chinese kaiju films are in a class by themselves. You know, Japan are the masters. They invented the genre, and mm-hmm. they are the you know undisputed masters of tokusatsu and kaiju films. The Chinese films take them to a whole new level of insanity. <laughs> <laughs> they are insane. I mean, Inframan is mild compared to the other th- other things I've tracked down. Uh, there's a film uh, out there. It's pretty fairly well known for among obscure film fans. Uh, the Fairy and the Devil. Uh, Taiwanese produced. Yes, and it's. Um, Yep. <laughs> I say it with such a like, smile. Well, it was funny because you brought up the DVD before we sat down. And I'm going through them. And I'm like, hey, Jessica, here's something your mom can bond over. And she's like, what? She looks like, oh, whoa. I'm like, I, I, I know all this. And, you know, there's no subs on it either. So we need yeah. to translate. So Jessica's going to be translating later or something. Yes. Yeah. For those who don't, my mother is Taiwanese. <laughs> so she would be, she loves anything from Taiwan. She may not be into like creature feature yeah. films. But she will love the hell out of this one. Yeah. Because I remember when we were watching War God, and you, you were able <laughs> yeah. to translate some of that for yeah. us. I was like, oh, well, hey, that's what they said. It's like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, that's another example of a crazy film. But uh, first, Fairy and the Devil is an insane film. It starts off with this 10-minute sequence of, uh, like, a white giant white yeti battling against what appears to be a gargantua in Daimajin armor. <laughs> They battle it out, and mm-hmm. then, uh, and then a, a typical uh, um, Asian dragon rises out of a lake and attacks the uh, Daimajin guy, and then it freeze frames, and the opening credits play over the opening <laughs> theme to Star Trek: The Motion Picture, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then the battle continues for about another five minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just an insane film. There's all sorts of different monsters in there. I mean, they shamelessly rip off, you know, popular Western films as far as the the, the musical scores. Did I mean, see Yoda mask at one point in, on the on the box art? Uh, that was that was another film. Okay, yeah. The box film. art looked like Fing Fang Foom. Yes, from yeah, so Marvel. That, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, that was Fing Fang Foom. But that, 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 that was <laughs> you were like, yes, that was actually. Yeah. They just ripped off the cover. <laughs> yeah, that that was. I mean, that's like a, a fan made uh, copy of that. But um, and then of course there's another. Uh, uh, Chinese kaiju film is War God, uh, which is uh, that the three alien ones. Yeah, oh, three, that was nuts. Three giant white aliens attack Hong Kong, and it's like they're it, the, the, what, the clip you showed me. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna set this up. There are these three big-headed aliens, and pretty much they're just going around being massive dicks and just breaking stuff. Like they're they're like a gang from like an '80s film, like pushing people over and taking wallets, but on a giant scale. And that's essentially what they're doing. And, like, I think there was cuts of, like, the military trying to fight these things. And they're just kind of, like, laughing off everything. Yeah. Like, they're total a-holes. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like, a giant armored terracotta god shows up and just starts wailing on them. And it's, it becomes, like, that scene where it's, like, it, you know, the, the hero picks on the bullies. And they're, like, okay, well, you go in there and you show them who's boss. It's, like, no, 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 you do it. And they end up getting their, their, their butts whooped. Yeah, it's kind of like Daimajin in a way or the, or the golem. Uh, one of the main characters is a blind sculptor who's mourning his uh, dead wife, mm-hmm. and him and his daughter are trying to escape the alien attack on the city. But he's he's uh, carrying his treasured sculpture of General Guan Yu. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a memory of his wife, and he keeps praying to the statue, General Guan Yu, please, you'll save us, save your it's people. Propaganda, yeah, <laughs> and uh, 
what happens is, uh, you know, he drops the statue and the aliens step on it. Mm-hmm. And the statue becomes angry, grows giant, <laughs> becomes a living Guan Yu, and moves with uh, typical uh, Chinese operatic moves mm-hmm. when he's fighting the aliens with his uh, staff with a blade on it. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. Uh, anything else? Uh, other what, what, what other like country? Have you found something from my country that you would be like, this is the last place in the world I would expect to find something? Mm. Western cultures, perhaps. Well, I mean, there's been American attempts at Tokusatsu, but there's a film I'm trying to track down. It's it's a it's an Indian kaiju film, Ooh. Bollywood kaiju film, Ooh. entitled Gogala. And I have a couple of poster images of it, and it's like a Godzilla type monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and from what I've read about it, I mean, it actually has the uh, standard, you know, musical sequences and everything else. <laughs> so that's one I'm really interested <laughs> in tracking down. Oh my god! Yeah. All right, and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. And the other, the other kaiju stuff's like pretty well known. I mean, you have the Danish, you know, Rep- Reptilicus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, uh, England had you know, um, Gorgo, 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 Conga, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's other obscure productions around, but, you know, it's mostly, you know, the Eastern countries that have really remarkable stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the focus of, you know, what I'm doing. I mean, there are, there are uh, some domestic fan films that are worth mentioning, like uh, Godzilla Battle Royale from Billy Dubos that was uh, just completed. And uh, I believe he's having a, a free screening in Chicago oh. uh, in the beginning of November. And uh, and it's a really ambitious fan film. It's it's, it's pretty pretty well made. And then of course there's uh, the stop motion films of Michael Aguilar. Ah yes. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Aguilar has been producing these films since the mid '70s, and he makes all of these sets and models They're super elaborate himself. Yeah. They're, they are very elaborate, uh, and he does. It takes him months to film these things, and, and you know, he just does it as a hobby. But I mean, if he took the time to put, you know, you know professional sound and music, I mean, mm-hmm. these things would be, you know, monumental. I mean, he has incredible films of, you know, King Kong versus Reptilicus, and there was, you know, and they're mostly the, like he debuts them every year at G Fest, right? Yeah, he usually goes to G Fest and shows them. Uh, he he has a YouTube channel now. Okay. Uh, if you look, if you search for Amazmo, A M A Z M O, that's the username, and he has a lot of his films up on YouTube now, so you can watch. They're they're they're, they're amazing, and I think what he does is incredible. Considering you know, even more so than you know, Suitmation Tokusatsu, stop motion is like a lost art. That's yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, not a, real quick. I don't know if I ever brought up, but uh, two time. G Fest fan fan film award winner here. Yes, my brother and I made two of them when they were out here in L.A. Because was you know I, my brother was into stop motion like he was he had a massive hard on for uh, Nightmare on, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. and so my brother is slightly ADD that way. It's like he finds something that he, he can build with and stuff like that, and then when he gets bored, he moves on. But like stop motion, he got really into, and he's like, "Hey, you know about films?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Can you help me with this?" I'm like, "Yeah." So. We made a couple little things. I told him, hey, hey, G-Fest is showing up. Do you want to enter it? Like, they usually have prizes. Uh, we could probably do something. So he's like, yeah, yeah. So with the first one we did, we made Godzilla vs. Gamera, which was pretty much done on video. So we were, I was literally sitting there. I'm like, okay, Pat, hold on, move, click. And then I was like, 
like like because the problem with video was you don't get that one second snap. You get a second and a half sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it was real herky jerky. With that first one, I and I edited from uh, what we shot, and then I had to shoot live action seconds with my brother, and my cousin as the commentators, and then overdub their stuff. So I'm doing the old school VCR to VCR kind of dub stuff. So we did that. We came in third the first year. They were at um, Pasadena. Pasadena. And in fact, there was a dude that did a full CG gamma film that uh, came in that's, second. That's a friend of mine, uh, uh, Joseph Danu. Um, he actually borrowed some of my gamma figures. Really? So he could make a 3D model of... Uh, on the computer. In 1999, that was That was very, very impressive as hell. That was the very first, according to J.D. Lee's, that was the very first CGI entry ever to G-Fest. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, camera flying over the city and taking on a whole uh, flock of gals as they were d- destroying the city. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, he did it basically at home. And it was... Re- uh, that's, that's that's another one that uh, <laughs> I, I want to be part of the project. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he's... He said he has a copy of it somewhere. Yeah, see, that's probably a lot. So I got my copy somewhere, like stacks of old tapes. Because the second year, my brother's like, I think I want to take it. I have a new approach. So he uh, he I mean, was like, I want to do this because he created more. After that, because the, the basic armatures made were wood blocks with the mm-hmm. wires. So he wanted to do something different. So he made, he, we, he ordered a book on armature making from Ardman. Like Ardman mm-hmm. put out a book. It's like 90 bucks. My grandfather bought it for him. Because wow. he's like, maybe this boy, this will stick something for the boy. So he sat there. He's like, oh, "Okay, I see how it was all done now." And my, because internet two thousand was not readily available yet, so yeah. we had we had none of that. And not only that, but no one had really put up, "Hey, this is how you make puppets." So he sat there. He's like, "Here, he made a Godzilla puppet, and he made it in his cartoony style that he likes to do." And I'm like, "So what do you want to do with this?" He's like, "What? What'll be funny?" I'm like, "Well, can we show that's funny? Uh, why don't you have Godzilla around and kill a bunch of stuff we think?" Retarded. He's like, okay, so let's do that. So it just turned into, we called it Destroy All Annoyances because we weren't really clever with names at the time. And pretty much it's just Godzilla going around, just fricassine, uh, Teletubbies, Pikachu, Barney, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. I remember seeing that. I was in the audience there. Where, I, yeah. I do remember seeing that. And uh, it, it not, because we were like third from last and then uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name now the gentleman Joseph yeah yeah he his went on and then um, he won second place and mm-hmm. then they called up our name and then my brother and I whoa we won first place awesome and this was back then so whoa whoa oh, no, no. okay <laughs> you could edit that out right yeah yeah, yeah I'll edit that out and I just remember him like we we went up. Jay's like, yeah, here you go. We'll give you your prize tomorrow at the at the breakfast. Like we didn't buy tickets for the breakfast. Ugh. Come upstairs. We'll get you your stuff. And then as we're walking away, I just hear off off. She was like, I can't believe I came in second place to those kids. And just like I was, I was like, I feel real good about that because we were thirteen <laughs> and fifteen when we made that. So and we had no budget whatsoever. We spent forty dollars on the because literally it was clay. It was blocks of clay we went to Michael's and bought, and then my brother spent four dollars on the armature. So, and we constructed the 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 paper the 
paper background sets and all that. And literally, as well, I told him, I was like, did you hear that guy? He's like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Your age helped yeah. also. But I, also the ingenuity and all the hard work. We got a good reaction. Like, yeah, a lot of people were laughing at me. You know, yeah, that's... that's got a really good my, positive response Like, my mom was with us, and she's like, yeah, you guys actually did good. It's like, I, I think we did. <laughs> so little did you know, you guys will be friends years later. Mark was it's, in the audience. Yeah, the, iron, the, the ironing of ironies about it. And he's like, do we do it next year? And I found out they're going to Chicago. I'm like, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to go to Chicago. He's like, all right. Then he found, he liked playing rock music and started a band. So, <laughs> but he's been, he's been hitting me up though. He wants to start doing stop motion again. And I'll tell you like that one little movie took us six and a half hours to make. Wow. It was, it came out to two minutes and 45 seconds. And that took us six hours to do because that's just how much setup and shit we had yeah. to do. So, well, I mean, that's quick considering stop motion. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, now nowadays, what's like you could do it with like a webcam, like yeah. just one click. I told him, like he's been looking at, it, he's been showing me tests because now you don't have to animate the mouse anymore. You could do it all, yeah, all online. After but, effects, yeah. yeah, but he's like, man, I wish we had this back when we did those kinds of movies. I'm like, mm, we'll we'll do something else. So, but it goes to show you, like that, that's why I that's why I love this project you're doing because I just those little things I've done in the past give gave me a, a, an appreciation for what you know effort goes into these things exactly and the fact that especially with like I you know I don't know how to make a, a, a damn monster suit I wouldn't know the first place to start and the fact that someone hey takes the time and ingenuity to do it put it together you know some people look at you know the fan films that are online they're like oh these suck it's like well do you make one exactly go ahead I want to see what you can do and nine times out of ten, people, you know, just put their foots in their mouths and talk like, you know, and, you know, can't back up what they're saying. They're writing checks with their mouth that their ass cannot cash. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, you know, fan films have really gained popularity, uh, mm -hmm. you know, especially on, you know, online, you can see them, you know, you, you know, Star Wars fan films are a big deal, and also superhero fan films, I mean. I mean, look at things like you know Batman Dead End or, oh, uh, or, or Grayson. Yeah. Grayson was great. That, you know, just recently there was... Um, Who's the dude that did that Punisher film that got Thomas Jane to come back? Audio oh, the, the Dirty Laundry yeah. one. Did, did, was that his? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that I was think his. so, yeah. And he did the Venom one, too. Yes, that's him. Yeah, which was thing. like the, uh, the uh, was it Stray Dogs? Kind of like uh, parody albums? I, I forgot the name of the film. But yeah, like, there's not a day you don't... There's a, there's a Spawn one that I just saw like two days ago. It was like full like CG and everything. It was done exceptionally well. So I heard somebody mention that one. Yeah, I, I, we put it up on the wrong cast. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can see it there. It's called Spawn. Uh, it's like uh, it's, it's like shop to drop or something. something like that. I'm butchering the name right now. But you can find it on there. We put it. Uh, uh, I put it up. But yeah, there's literally like every other week that goes by, someone sends like a fan film. This, by the way, there was a Justice League Dark Once one that just did with Dead Man, Zatanna, and Constantine. And the Dead Man is done like it's a dude in, in an outfit, but they added a bunch of After Effects to add like the the ghostly glow and stuff to him. So wow. there's, I mean, we're entering that age. Thing you know, now that we're I like ten years, it's like even if you have a major film, that's not going to impress people anymore because someone can do it, you know, off their Mac in their backyard now. Because mm -hmm. you know, green screens cheap now. Uh, everybody can do everything in After Effects, but the thing that's still going to set you apart is the ingenuity and how creative you are with it, and how good this, the the final product ends up being. Exactly. I mean, you assemble a crew who's very artistic and very talented. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have something that you know that rivals any. Hollywood production. Look at Wolfman versus Godzilla. Yeah, and and this is an era. This is an era 
before CGI, before yeah. any of the stuff. It just adds to the impressiveness. Yeah, of it. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, Shizuo Nakajima, he used the exact same techniques he learned working on the real Godzilla films in the 70s. He was a production assistant on all, on all the 70s Godzilla films. And, you know, he even bought the material from Toho, directly from Toho, to make his Godzilla suit, you know, and his, you know, half the staff were Toho staff. So, you know, that's why it looks so authentic. You know, I mean, he put, you know, it took him years to film this thing, too. You know, it, this was just no, you know. It wasn't a fly-by-night operation. No, I mean, it, it, a lot of work was put into it, you know. I have to ask, did you ever find out if any of those early films that he did is, still exist? They still exist, but he's still looking for them. I don't know if okay. he's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that he's saving it as a surprise for me when we go to <laughs> Japan. Look what I found. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'll be very, very happy. Find, I'm find. very curious to see that Baragon one. Yeah, I mean, we have fo- I have photographs of them, but uh, to actually see the films, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. If you ever find them. All right. Well, I think that's we should start wrapping. So one more time, mm-hmm. where can the people go for the Kickstarter? Kickstarter. Um, y- you can uh, go to Kickstarter.com and type in Kaiju Gaiden. Uh, K a i j u separate word G a i d e n. Uh, do, or, or do a Google search for Kaiju Gaiden Kickstarter. Uh, you can go to, on Facebook to the Kaiju Gaiden page, and we have a lot of uh, we update that pretty much on a daily basis. And uh, you know, you, uh, we also kind of uh, you know let you know what you're going to see in the film, and um, so you can go there to, to be to get information about the, about the film itself. See what we're doing, and hopefully, if you like our project and like what we're trying to do, you know, uh, you know, make a, make a small contribution. You know, it'll help us complete the film um, in a timely manner. You know, help us finish it up. Every dollar counts, people. Every dollar counts. Thank, <laughs> thank you in advance for your support. You know, uh, and you have a list, the full list of uh, you know. Nice little rewards if you donate big money too, right? Yes, Up it, down on the Kickstarter. Yeah, there's all sorts of premiums available, di- different levels. Uh, you know, you know, even just a small contribution, you can get a copy of the film. So you know, so check it out um, on Kickstarter.com. Uh, then there's also my my personal website www.insearchofmonsters.com, and you can read more about Wolfman vs Godzilla and uh, Independent Kaiju Project on there and other. Cryptozoological <laughs> interest. Like Wolfman, the Bigfoot's pretty close to it. Yeah, so. yeah. Don't get started on Bigfoot cinema. All right, and Jessica, where can the good people find more of our work? Yes, so you can actually find us on Facebook. We do have a fan page. It is the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. We are also on Tumblr under the same name, the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast Our email is also the same. It's at gmail.com. Now, Twitter is where it differs. Due to character limitations, we are the Kaiju Kingdom. There is no podcast at the end. So if you try to look for us and can't find us, you guys have now found us. And so, yes, we welcome any sort of feedback. You know, whether it's, hey, you guys could do this better, to, hey, we really love this episode. We want you guys to talk more about something. Definitely let us know, and we will make sure that we will combat, comment excuse me, and get back to you. We will shamelessly plug, too, if you have anything, too. Because we're shills like that. Uh, soon also, to be on iTunes. Yes, yeah, soon to be on I keep saying it sounds like a broken but we're very, very close. I know I said that last time, but uh, 
ladies and gentlemen, we had a massive heat wave out here in California last last couple of weeks. So last couple of months, getting anything <laughs> done has been very hard when you have the sun literally cooking you from the inside out. So. Um, because I, uh, I'm not directly handling it. Uh, my good friend George over at theromcast.com, which I also run with him, is uh, setting that up for us too. So uh, please be just a little more patient. We should be up by the end of the month at the, the most. I will have it all posted on our Tumblr and Facebook once we are up. So that way, for those who don't like clicking and right-clicking to you know save as, uh, this will be able, you know, much easier on you. Uh, you you have that one we have that one Sahara Desert fan out there who's like that's no excuse yeah we well, yeah, like I'm <laughs> in the listen. desert every day yeah I do I'm not gonna listen but when we do get on iTunes we'll also be on Stitcher too for those who don't like to download it just like to stream so uh, <laughs> that's coming up um, we have a couple other things cooking so stay tuned the next episode I think we should be able to talk about it a little more um, especially if you're in the California area at the end of the month. Um, Southern California area, thank you. Uh, and Jessica, where can they find more of your work? Yes, I am under. Feel free to Facebook friend me. Uh, please inbox me first, so I know you know where you where we've met or where we've heard. Because I feel so bad when I ignore a person or if they're a random stranger, then I have no idea who they are. But you know, feel free to find me on Facebook. I am Jessica, and my entire last name there's no spaces. It's just the comic book girl. So it's Jessica, the comic book girl. And also, my two sites are girlongeek.com and thecomicbookgirl.com. And from there, it's social media mayhem. It goes all the way out. So there's a lot of social media sites to keep up on. And like I said, you can find more of my work over at therealmcast.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M.com. Oh, wait. Realm. I didn't put cast in there. I'm sorry. It's tired. R-E-T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M-C-A-S-T dot com, where uh, I pretty much do the bulk of the work over there. So on my most of my writings over there, I run a weekly podcast called Take Two with George Cadero, where we, you know, muse about the news in the week of you know, all the pop culture stuff that came out. So, And uh, also, I have a... I'll be on two more podcasts coming up this, this month, uh... My friend Sergio and I have started Rundown Korra, where we talk about Legend of Korra, since season four just started this past week. And also, I'll be joining them for the Rundown Flash, where we'll recap Flash weekly. So if you like Flash and Arrow, they also have an Arrow podcast that we will be doing as well. And, uh, oh, stick stick around if you're fans of animation, especially stuff that, you know, a little more adult-oriented. We have a special edition, Drawn Together 10th Anniversary podcast going up, so... Uh, it's myself talking with Dave Jesser, Matt Silverstein, Tara Strong, Cree Summers, and the rest of the cast and crew from, uh, from Drawn the Other. So if you're animation, that, that's definitely something you're going to listen to because it's quite interesting. And that will do it for us for this week. So for myself. And Jessica. Hi. And our good uh, guest. Mark Adamia. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.